Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Uh, we're back to do a review of the Coventry City game for Mon- Easter Monday, where the Hornets picked up a point on the road, uh, drawing 2-2 after squandering a two-goal lead. Um, and we're also here to discuss the, the rumours that were circling around Vicarage Road today about maybe a departure on the cards for Chris Wilder. Uh, and we're going to go into that in a bit more detail in a second. Uh, but firstly, Mike, you're with me here today. I saw you on Easter Monday for commentary. Uh, it was your turn on the match day vlog as well, which has got some decent figures on it as well. But firstly, how are you doing, mate? You all good? Yeah, all good. Just a shame it wasn't a win when we saw each other. It's, uh, and we've still not got a win on the match day vlog either. So some people should, will probably say stop doing them, but. Other than that, mate, it was uh, it was good to see. You. It was good to be back at football. I know things aren't great at the moment with Watford, but it's still, you know, I see it as more of a social aspect now in terms of meeting up with mates and whatnot. So yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, I'm all good, thank you. Uh, how, how are you? Yeah, yeah, all good, thank you. As you you might notice, my, my voice is going a little bit. I've been a little bit under the weather the last couple of days and so, and it didn't help when I arrived into commentary on uh, Monday. I literally arrived in commentary. It was sunny before I got out of the car. The moment I got out of the car, the, the heavens opened and I was soaked. And it was a 15-minute walk from where I parked my car. I parked my car right next to the M6 junction. And I, I was walking down to the Rico. And, oh, my God, it, it just did not stop raining. And I was soaked all the way through to my boxes. I know that's a bit too much information for some people. So I do apologise. But it got to a point where when I got into the ground, I went under one of the he- hand dryers. And I was trying to dry my trousers because I was that wet. Um, so, yeah, that, and that hasn't helped my cold either. So I apologise if I do sound like I'm from the Midlands, like Birmingham. This isn't a, a Birmingham City podcast. It is a Watford podcast. Uh, but yeah, we'll get straight back into it. Um, Mike, so yeah, the news broke today. That, well, firstly, it, it was from uh, Footy Insider, wasn't it, Mike? They, they announced it first thing this morning or last thing last night, uh, talking about Chris Wilder was going to be sacked and we was going to appoint a new Italian head coach. Um, and then later on in the day, I've seen you, you've got into his um, comments on Twitter, Sam Matterface of TalkSport, also on Dancing on Ice. Um, he <laughs> reported that Watford was actually going to be um, getting rid of Chris Wilder quite quickly as well. 
Um, so lots of rumours floating around. You've seen Watford fans then go onto Twitter saying, oh, God, our, our football club's a joke. I can't believe we're doing it. Blah, 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 blah. And then it wasn't long until Watford actually came back with a, a, a statement. Watford actually put out a statement to confirm that we was actually keeping our manager on. Um, so, yeah, there's a statement to announce and you're keeping your managers now for Watford. Maybe I got a bit bored and I was like, oh, we, we've got to put something out. Um, so, yeah, they put a statement out and it reads... Where is it? Uh, the Hornets confirmed Chris Wilder will remain their club's head coach until at least the end of 2022-23 season as per the terms he and Watford FC agreed upon on his appointment in March. The speculation is totally disrespectful to Chris and his staff, said Watford's technical director, Ben Manga. As Chris has said, after recent games, we are fully focused on ending the season strongly and pushing as hard as we can while there's still a chance of making the playoffs. The club will offer no further comment on the position of a head coach until beyond the end of the campaign. Uh, campaign. Uh, Mike, what was your whole thoughts on everything today, how it all unrolled? Um, how it all came about. Obviously, you heard the news and you thought, God, are we really that stupid to make make the change now? Or did, did, did you not, did there was part of you not believe in the rumours? Like, how, how did you feel about it all? Well, firstly, I, I like you said, you, you know, we're obviously known for sacking managers after not very long, and you know, not sticking with managers. But I thought even by our standards sacking someone with five games to go would have been horrendous um and i think it annoyed me as well i saw the second tier podcast guys put out a tweet saying that the watford are going to sack i mean to be fair they were quoting footy insider but watford are going to sack uh chris wilder and bring in this new chap and obviously you know i was speaking to well I'm, i say i was speaking to i'll come back to some face the headline from Footy Insider was that we were looking at this Italian bloke. We weren't going to sack him. We weren't going to sack Wilder and bring him in. They were basically saying that Wilder's contract runs out at the end of the season and then this is a goal we're going to get in. Now, what does my head in is so many times they've said Watford sack a manager. Nine times out of ten, we do sack a lot of managers. But a lot of the times as well, they actually come to the end of the contract or they you know there's there's a break in the clause of the contract. So the fact that the the media are just happy to spin it as Watford sacking Chris Wilder. No, he's coming to the end of his contract. We're making sure we've got someone ready and waiting in the wings, ready to come in. I, I, I commented on uh, one of Ben Foster's videos. I can't remember exactly what he said, but um I basically said that you know Watford get a lot of stick for sacking managers and rightly so. But one thing you cannot complain that Watford do is, you know, wait around. So many times you see clubs sack a manager, then there's a caretaker in charge for however long, and then they get someone in. Nine times out of ten, Watford have already got their man waiting in the wings. I'd rather have your ducks in order than, you know, having caretaker managers left, right and centre. So I was a bit, you know, pissed off that all these, you know, media outlets, oh, Watford have sacked another manager. No. He's going to the end of his contract. He's only been appointed till the end of the season. And then we're getting this guy in. The media just love to twist it. Um, and, I, you know, it really does my head in. I, I should be used to it now. It should be water off a duck's back. But it really grinds my gears seeing some of these things that people say on social media. Oh, Watford second another manager. Paddy mm. Power getting in on it. 
uh, all these memes. And I'm like, no, we're not. He's coming to the end of his contract. So, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. But I'm glad that we're, we're already looking, you know, at, at who could be coming in next season. And I've no doubt that search has been going on for a long time. Well, I, th- I think Watford would be very stupid if they haven't started looking mm. already to replace a head coach. And I think Lou Orns alluded to that on Twitter earlier. I was talking to our friend of our podcast, Joe Thomas, earlier, and it, it, he messaged me first saying it looks like Watford's second their manager today. And then within half an hour, Watford put out a statement. And I said to him, I think it was very wise thing for Watford to actually do. It, it, it's it stops all the rumours on the head of Chris Wilder, so he he can carry on with the job that he's doing. But also, we're not stupid that we know that we've got to we've got to start making movements now to get a new head coach in in the summer. And the, the gentleman we've been linked with, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, everyone, um, it's Francesco Ferriera. Um, I've probably got it completely wrong. Um, but he, he's been um, highly tipped by loads of clubs in Europe that want to appoint him. So if Watford want to get their man in the summer, they've, they've got to make the advances now. And I think that's why... Foot Insider released something. Adam Leventhal released something today because obviously there's been talks going on. But then other reporters have jumped on it going, oh, what for the sacking their manager? Firstly, that would be ridiculous because you'd have to pay more compensation and you don't want to be paying out more compensation when you've done it all season. There was a uh, quote the other day from um, the finances. It worked out for Watford's overall turnover in the stadium literally just paid for all the compensations for the three managers we had in the Premier League. That's not sustainable. You can't keep doing that. So why would Watford shoot themselves in the foot when there's five games in the um, in the league left? Get rid of Chris Wilder now when you could just shake his hand at the end of the season. He's done the job that was required of him to see it through to the end of the season um, and, and just let him move on. You don't need to sack him now. It's just ridiculous. And for like someone like Sam Matterface to jump on, and I've seen him arguing with loads of Watford fans today, including yourself, Mike, as well. It's just ridiculous. Um, let's have a look and see what everyone else's thoughts on it is. Um, Scott Michael uh, says it's within Manga's interest to keep Wilder, as we have no work from Gino, uh, no word from Gino, or even Duxbury regarding appointments. Um, this gentleman doesn't really seem like he likes Chris Wilder. <laughs> Chris Wilder is very rubbish. He has no idea what he's doing starting SAR. Um, uh, Ricky Aldridge, who I met up with um, Easter Monday as well. I hope you're good, Ricky. I hope you've dried off as well because I saw that you was a drowned rat as well walking to the Rico. He's a bio 20 goals next season, lads. Don't forget. Um, I think he must have been drinking when he said that. Um, Joe Thomas pops up and says it's going to be hot it's going to be hard work Braga in Portugal were desperate to get him I would imagine there'll be a more attractive prospect um when we can only give uh, managers three months and that's where it all falls back to Mike as well Watford aren't an attractive proposition are they um especially for up-and-coming managers um you've seen Rob Edwards come in he's been promised time promised to be given a project it would be similar with this Italian guy as well, wouldn't it, Mike? He he would want time to get his ideas across. It's difficult to attract the names now, isn't it, to Watford Football Club? Uh, it isn't, it isn't. If you want an easy payout, then yeah, you come to the club. Roy Hodgson, you know, I've no doubt he would have looked at Watford and thought, you know what, it gets me out of retirement, it gets me a nice payout. Uh, and, you know, people joked about that to start with. But I genuinely think these... 
these sort of older managers, um, we'll, we'll sort of look at Watford and think, well, you know, it gets me out of the house for a couple of months and I, I get paid a few quid in, in, in three, four months' time. You know, mm. Slaven Bilic probably wouldn't have cared, to be honest, that he, he, you know, wouldn't have been in the job that long. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's got to stop. I mean, one thing's for sure, if this chap is going to come in, I mean, the, the last, you know, however many head coaches needed this anyway, but if he's got a certain way of playing, we have to make sure we bring in the players to suit that style of play. You know, my missus was talking to me about Rob Edwards and, you know, how oh, he's doing really well at Luton and all this. And I said, it's simple. And even she can see, and, you know, she doesn't really watch football. Even she can see that, you know, if you've got a manager wanting to play a certain way, if you don't give him, you know, the, the players to, to you know, utilise that way of playing, it's not going to work. He's gone to Luton and he's got the type of players he needs to play his football. And look how it's going for him. Kills me to say it, but look how it's going for me. You know, he had to fit square pegs in round holes here at Watford and it just doesn't work, you know. Um, Mario Gaspar at wing-back, it, 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 it doesn't work. So, yeah, you know, we've got to make sure if the Pozzos are serious about wholesale changes and changing the way that they're going to do things, get this guy in by all means if he's that good. But please, God, Ben Manga, hopefully this will be his first summer transfer window with the club. Please, please, please learn from all past mistakes. And if this guy needs a wing-back because he plays wing-backs, get him a bloody wing-back. Don't rely on putting a full-back there or getting some experienced guy that's done it in Italy or Spain. Get someone that knows the league as well. Mm. I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, what I'm going to say here, Ben, so apologies. But games like uh, Monday is would have been perfect for your Ben Watsons, your Matthew Connollys, your Sebastian Bassongs. Someone that knows the league, someone to come on and sort of calm the team down, stabilise it, you know, you know, get every head again. That's by this, that, and all the other at uh, Villarreal, and it's very, very impressive. But he's not got the know-how of the league, so it goes back to making sure we've got the right players to fit their manager, the, the new manager's style of play, and also know the league as well. So hopefully, Ben Manga, Helen Acosta, his team are working hard on getting those players in because if. We 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 on a very slippery slippery slope. That's easy for me to say at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, um, just got to make sure we back him with the players he needs. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I, I don't know whether we're, we're we're meant to say this either. Look, nah, fuck it, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, <laughs> we've been in communications with um. The assistant manager's stepson uh, since Chris Wilder's been appointed manager. And he's told us some decent stuff um, between me and Mike, but now we're sharing it with everyone now. Um, <laughs> basically, of how Chris Wilder feels behind the scenes a bit. Um, it's, it's Alan uh, Neil, isn't it? Um, the assistant. So it's his stepson. Um, he's been going to all the home games and I think he's been watching the away games as well. And he can see how much of a mess this football club is and he jokes around with us all the time. Um, but Chris Wilder, he, he, following on from a WD18 um, interview the other week, he, he has said that he, he has wanted to stay on in that. But then uh, this guy has said that 
Wilder knows that he needs a British spine in this team. He knows he needs about eight eight of these experienced British players in the side. So, so that's what he's calling for. And he, he said that he's said a British guy, hasn't he, on the board is along the same lines as him, which we, we're, we're guessing it's Scott Duxbury. And then he's saying there's, there's an Italian guy who we think it's Giralta. He basically wants to build the side of 20, 20 year olds from across all, all of the world, isn't it, Mike? Mm-hmm. He basically wants to fill our team with flair players of 20 year olds. Um, and it, it just makes me think that Watford behind the scenes just haven't got a clue of what's going on. Scott Dutsbury wants to run the club one direction. Giralta wants to run it another direction. And what he's also said is Gina Potter hasn't been in and around the club at all. He's been keeping his self-distance from it. Um, and, and it's just... It just shows how much of a mess the football club is. You, you'd think, Mike, that the club would be in one direction or you'd work towards one direction, um, especially when you've got out-of-contract players who are British in the summer, that they're possibly going to move on. And you need to bring in more British players to replace those just to fill the quota. It's certainly interesting. I mean, I go back to mentioning, you know, when the Pozzos first come in, we brought all these players over from Udinese and, you know, people were, for the first season, it was brilliant. You know, did really well under Zola. Second season went a bit stale. And then that season we went up under Ikanovic. You know, we brought in the song, Nose League, brought in Matthew Connolly, uh, had that incredible record everywhere he'd been, he'd been promoted, brought in Ben Watson. That was a brilliant signing, experience, knows the league. And then we thought, okay, the Pozzos get it. And then we had five brilliant consecutive seasons in, well, I say brilliant. One of them, we escaped relegation on the last day, pretty much. But, uh, you know, we had five consecutive seasons in the Premier League, which was brilliant. And then it just started going to pot. So something somewhere has changed in Mr. Pozzo's mind. You You know, all we need, we're not saying we need a massive overhaul of British players and players that know the league. Yes, it'd be great. But we've shown in the past that as long as we've got a few of these, you know, we can pretty much have the squad that we've got, but we need someone in there like a Ben Watson, someone that knows the league, someone that's experienced. You look at teams that go up and they've always got that one person that knows the league and, you know, has played in the league before. And, you know, we, we for some reason, we've just completely bypassed that and we thought, <coughs> well, we'll, we'll go cheap again and we'll, we'll bring in someone that's done you know, a bit of a journeyman in other leagues and, and stick him in the championship. So it is uh, it is frustrating, but, you know, I'm really, really hoping there's a lot of, you know, pressure going to be put on Ben Manga and his team because, you know, for everything they've done with Frankfurt, and it's all brilliant what they've done, they have to replicate it with Watford. They have to make sure, you know, I know one of their signings was Arohu and he's not exactly, you know, set the world alight, but you know, they have to make sure that they dip into the British market. I know it's expensive and the, the British market's inflated, but we need to make sure that we sign players that know this league yeah. because signing people from, you know, it's all well and good signing a player on loan from Benfica that's got a hundred million euro release clause. But, you know, from what we've seen already, he can't do it in the championship or we've not got the players to work well with him. So, you know, get someone... Ollie McBurney springs to mind straight away for me. 
He's out of contract in the summer. I'd imagine Sheffield United are going to go up. I'd be very surprised if they offered him another deal. So why can't we jump in? Ollie McBurney, yeah, not you know, doesn't score loads and loads of goals, but brilliant in this league. You know, that's just one example. So yeah, we need to make sure we get it bang on. Yeah, and just quickly while we wrap up on this as well, Joe Thomas um, replies back to what I've said about um, about the, the the news that we heard behind the scenes. Um, what you're saying about Duxbury makes sense because he wanted Edwards and Edwards, and he wanted to give him time. It wasn't his decision to sack him, was it? So clearly, Duxbury wants to run the club the right way, and Gino slash Gerialta wants to sign players. We just uh, sell on for loads of money. It's piss poor. Um, and I think, yeah, every Watford fan would probably agree with that, Joe. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap up the Chris Wilder talk there because there was a game that happened Monday at Vicarage Road. Uh, not Vicarage Road, at Verico Arena. Thankfully, it wasn't at Vicarage Road. Oh, you could imagine <laughs> how toxic that would have been, Mike, as well. Um, yeah. And it was um, Watford travelled not too far, just up the M1 and M6 to uh, Coventry City. Um, Chris Wilder made six changes to the team at lost 3-2 at home to Huddersfield Town. I won't go through all the changes because we'll be here all night. Um, but it was um, the, the two players that maybe came in that maybe um, was worth talking about is a young Ryan Andrews, Mike, who, who, who did pretty well on his debut, didn't he? He came off after about 65 minutes, but I think he can hold his head up high. He, he put in a good shift. Yeah, I think so. I think there are a couple of shaky moments, but look, that's to be expected. He's a young lad making a league debut. You know, he's of course he's going to be nervous, and he's he's coming to a very toxic sort of Watford at the moment. So you know that might have been playing on his mind a little bit. But I'd rather he play. You know, we know that playoffs isn't going to happen anymore. So I'd rather play. You know, young players that want to play for the shirt and want to play for the badge and perhaps Watford fans themselves. I mean, I said before, I don't know if I was talking to you or someone else, but I said that I'd have Jack Greaves. Uh, is it Jack Greaves? Greaves. I'd have Greaves in the middle. I would have had him because he'll run and run and run. He might not necessarily be the most talented, but he just, he'll run and run and run and run. And we don't have that in midfield. And we don't have players that look like they just want to run through brick, brick walls for the team. But yeah, I, I thought Andrews can hold his head high and, um, you know, his dad, Wayne, was a, a couple of rows in front of us. So that was nice to see him and, uh, you know, Ryan's family there supporting him. And they can be proud as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted. Another academy prospect that's come through and has made his first team debut, as we, we used to see pre-Potso quite a lot. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted for the lad. And hopefully we can see him a couple more times in these uh, remaining five games. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's obviously got his chance because Jeremy Ngakia picked up an injury and Joe Ferreira mm. was also missing as well, who came off half-time against Huddersfield Town. So he, he might have another opportunity this Saturday, Mike, again against Bristol City at home. So hopefully he's given that opportunity again and he keeps level-headed and uh, I'm sure he will as well and puts in a decent performance because at one point in that second half, Mike, he put a lovely ball in, in, in that box and it was maybe a bit too much fizz on it and it just mm. went over... Um, the Watford players a bit too quickly, but I thought, cool, we, we might have a player here. Um, but also, Ben Hamer came in, Mike. Um, I know I might be jumping the guns yet because we've not spoken about the Watford goal, um, but bringing him up now because he obviously came in his, for his Watford debut. <sighs> um, solid first half, second half, cost us that goal, didn't he, that first goal? 
Yeah, I mean, let's be real. If it was Batman that conceded that, he'd have got absolutely slated. Um, <laughs> you can see why he's one of the backup keepers. Um, and, you know, that might be harsh for me to say, but <coughs> not, not what you need. Uh, I, I get it wouldn't, it's not ideal. I mean, what's happened to Akayo, I do not know. I, whether he's been bombed out and put into the under 21s, I don't know. But, he should have been the man, really, to be playing. Um, so, I think they even had a, a young goalkeeper on the bench. Was it Miles Roberts? He was. He's been on loan somewhere. He's done really well, actually, uh, in, in his loan spell. Um, I want to say he was at Concord Rangers, but I might be getting that wrong. Or he, he's had a loan spell there. Um, but yeah, Hamer. Um, I, I felt sorry for him. To be fair, he's coming, not played in. God knows how long did he? Uh, I don't even think he played in the League Cup for us this season. I think Akayo played that game against MK Dons. Yeah, so no, Hamus not played for us this season, has he? Mm. So, yeah, felt sorry for him, but got to do better that first goal. Really, yeah. Do. We was watching it from the stands, and we both was like, he, he's left that because he thought it's gone wide, and then we've heard back that maybe the wind might have caused it to go in because it, it was a bit blowy up there but I'm not having that goalkeeper he, he, he's completely misread that and I don't know yeah. if that's because he, he's been out of the team not played since the end of last season for Swansea City and this is his first chance or maybe they bent it around the player as well but oh, I'm not having that a goalkeeper of his experience should be doing a lot better just die for the ball and like you say, if that was Daniel Batman, we wouldn't have heard the end of that now because people would be slating him still. Um, and I've got a question about that after um, we've wrapped up the commentary game as well. Um, but yeah, obviously, Watford, they started the game really well, Mike, didn't they? Um, we was 2-0 up, uh, up at halftime. But to start it off, it was a lovely tackle by Porteous just outside of the Watford penalty box. And then he played this ball up. Um, towards the, the strikers, and I say the strikers because um, British on the longer just he looked like he was going to get it, and then he moved away from it, which opened it up for Joe Pedro, and he had so much space. And then he, he just took it to the commentary area and then just curled it past one of the players into the bottom corner, and that was his 10th goal of the season. I know that that delighted you, Mike, wasn't it? Because you've been on about him getting double figures for ages, and he narrowly missed out last time he was in the championship. Yeah, I'm so relieved. When I, when, that was the first thing I said to you when he scored. Uh, I was like, he's got it. He's done it. Ten goals, double figures, happy days. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a brilliant ball from Porteous. Uh, thought he was solid the first half, Porteous. Really, really impressed. Uh, and Britta Sambalonga as well. I was gutted that he came off. Yeah. I know he wasn't on long, but he looked good. You know, he looked energetic. He was getting stuck in. He was winning flick-ons and that's what you want. So, I was gutted when he came off because, you know, he, like I said, I thought he started really well. I thought he got a touch on it, which put it through to Pedro. But I don't know if it's Porteous' assist. But um, brilliant ball, brilliant finish as well from Zhao. Real cool, calm, collective. And I was just delighted that Wilson didn't get a clean sheet because I think we said that he's got the most clean sheets in the division. Mm. And he did not stop time wasting at the Vic. And uh, I was far from happy with his time-wasting antics at the Vic. So I was delighted that he couldn't do that against Watford this time round, and that we actually scored past him. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I th- Porteous, that first half, superb. 
Yeah, he got his body on the line a few times. Really important blocks. Um, Coventry had so many chances. Um, but yeah, um, I, I've tried to look back on the goal and I, I can't see Brick touching the ball. I, I, it looks like he's just narrowly just jumped out the way of it. So, and I haven't looked back to see if it has been awarded as a Portius. Um, Portius has got the assist. I've just he checked. has got the assist. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was... Yeah, I, I thought it was a great counter-attack from Watford anyway. And that was Jal Pedro at his best. And that's where you want him... They're, they're the areas you want him in. You want Absolutely. him running at the defenders in the other half, not in the Watford half, coming deep, picking up the ball and trying to make everything work himself. He needs to be higher up the pitch. And that's when we see the best out of Jal Pedro. And it was a fantastic finish, considering he's not scored for a few weeks now either. It, it, it was great. I think the last goal was away at Burnley, which was at the start of March. No, February. It was Valentine's Day, wasn't Valentine's it? Day, yeah. so that was his last goal. So it didn't look like he's been on a massive um, goal-scoring drought. Um, so fair play to him and congratulations on your 10 goals. Um, but yeah, Watford made it 2-0, Mike, um, about 10, 15 minutes later. Ismail Asar ran into a penalty box and pulled it back to Imran Luzi. He had two bites of the cherry. First shot was blocked, fell back to him. And on the other foot, he just calmly just slot passed it past the goalkeeper and I think I think the goalkeeper might be blaming the defenders for blocking his view a little bit and I think that's where he was probably beaten a little bit I've watched it back I think Saar was maybe standing in front of him as well but can't take it away from Luz a great um, awareness to shift your body over onto that other foot and just whip it into the bottom corner and that was 2-0 what for Dreamlands weren't they Mike? Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I, my, my missus, um, that was the first time she'd seen a Watford goal because the two games we went to previously was the 1-0 loss at home to Coventry and then mm. the 1-0 loss away to Sheffield United. And uh, she said, I just want to see a goal. That's all I care about. And then she got, you know, two goals. And uh, she said, oh, well, there you go, two goals. You know, that's all. I said to her, I says, it's 2-0 is the worst, most dangerous lead to have in football. Uh, and it just makes me go back to that time under Sonino where we were turning up against Man City, lost 4-2. And then the, the game after, turning up away to Nottingham Forest and then lost 4-2. Um, but I just, it was nice. It was great. And, you know, first half, we probably could have scored a couple more, but Coventry really missed a bag full of chances in that first half. And you just thought if they got one back, it was going to swing the game wide open. And uh, you, I, I don't know whether it's because of how things have been recently at Watford, but I just did not feel comfortable turning up. I thought we need a third. We had plenty of chances. And I said to you a couple of times, said to my dad at halftime, said to my brother at halftime, I said, we really need to, you know, put these, take these to the sword and, you know, get a third and really finish them off because they, they were there for the taking up you know, in the first half. But typical Watford didn't take our, all of our chances and uh, they got a goal and heads dropped and the, the you know, expected happened. Well, I think I think Watford fans shot themselves in the foot a little bit. I, I I don't like it when you start singing how shit must you be we're winning away. And I thought well, that's going to come back and bite us on the arse, ain't it? And then it was yep. like, um, we're winning 2 0. How shit must you be? We're winning 2 0. And it's just like, come on, guys. Because we, 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 we said it at halftime. was like, if Coventry get one, they'll get a second. If they get a second and there's enough time, they'll go on and win it. Um, and you just knew it was going to happen. And I, I tell you what, uh, probably worked in Coventry's favour in that, early in that second half. 
was a Watford player trying to piss about with a ball, trying to play like all these little flicks between Jao Pedro, Loser, Arroyo. They were thinking like they were playing for Brazil or something. And it was like, come on, game management. Just manage the game. Stop trying to dick about by trying to do these flicks. And I think it wasn't too long after they attempted that, Coventry went up the other end and they, they got the, 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 the goal. But don't you think that's a bit disrespectful to the opponents when you're trying to do that at 2-0? Yeah, and to just to play devil's advocate a little bit as well, I think maybe they were doing that because of the confidence. I thought first half was the best I've seen us playing quite a long time, actually. Yeah. Um, I thought we were, you know, really spraying the ball around really nice, some real flair play, quick passing movement. And I thought, okay, this is good. You know, this is what we've been wanting to see. And I think, obviously, they felt confident and we were turning up and they thought, okay, we can do it. And, you know, we've got the confidence to do it. But like you said, we've been guilty of doing that too many times. And, you know, um, it it was so easy to see that, you know, trying to just pass it around at the back and, you know, going forward, getting so far, then going back, it always bites you in the arse. And uh, and like you said, you know, they got that goal and the, um, the momentum was definitely in their favour and only one team looked like going on and winning it. They absolutely battered us that second half. Mm. I mean, that Jokoretz, he's the second highest scorer in the league, but he, he must have left his shooting boots in the changing rooms because he, he just could not get the ball on target. And thank God, because that could have been an absolute slaughter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the second half. But, yeah, typical Watford at the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, typical. Um, maybe a bit of luck on our side, though. There was a stonewall penalty for Coventry, wasn't oh, there, in that second yeah, half? Yeah. Yeah, well, from from where we were stood, we, we saw him go down and, you know, heart in mouth, it's Keith Stroud, Luton fan, he's a twat. <coughs> I thought he's going to point to the spot here, but he didn't. First thing my boss said to me when I got in the van today, he was talking to me about the Watford game. He goes, you got away with one. He says it was an absolute stonewaller. So, yeah, we, we did get away with one. Mm. Um, but, you know, if that's the best look we've got out of the game, then that really shows where we are at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I thought, yeah, commentary was by far the better team in that in mm. the game and they, they should have picked up the three points. But yeah, better performance from Watford. Friday was embarrassing. It was spineless, gutless, whatever you want to describe it. Um, there was a big reaction um, Saturday. Uh, and I think it helped that we got an early goal and it gave the team confidence and we went on to get that second one. But second half, it was just like, it was a mentality for players, I think. I think they they kind of sensed what was coming because Coventry had a lot of possession. They was having lots of chances, albeit they weren't really working Hamer. I think he had one shot to save in that first half. Mm-hmm. But they were knocking on the door, wasn't they, Mike? But it's, I think it might have been a mentality problem for Watford where they collapsed in that second half, really. Do you reckon it's probably down to that and a lack of confidence lately? Oh, absolutely. Chris said it as well. You know, our mate Chris that was with us, he said... We don't have someone to bring on the bench that can sort of calm heads and, you know, help see us see the game out. I mean, the first goal, we've talked about it, horrendous. You know, Hamer should be knowing that that's not going wide. I'm not buying this bullshit about the winds taking it in or whatnot. But that second goal as well, free header. And they had a free header moments before as well, or moments after. And... 
it's just schoolboy defending. It's the sort of defending I'd expect from our Saturday team in park football, amateur football. Not, you know, professional footballers doing it. It's, it is embarrassing. Um, and, you know, I heard a couple of people around us say, if these were, if, if Coventry, no disrespect to Coventry, but if that was like, I don't know, a Burnley, a Sheffield United we were playing, then my word, we would have been put to the sword big time because mm. they had so many chances. But it, like like we've said, it all goes back to not having those players that have got the experience of grinding out results and confidence is at a real low. So, you know, we probably thought ourselves at turning all, all bloody hell, you know, but, you know, might have had a, a few nosebleeds sort of not knowing what to do and panic stations hit when, when they scored that first goal and confidence would have dropped. You know, you see it at every level, you know, yeah. goals go in and, and heads drop and they think, uh-oh, you know, they've got a goal back. Could they go and get another one? And that's exactly what they did. I mean, I'm I'm quite relieved, actually. Coventry, I'm surprised they didn't sort of drive this game a little bit more because of results. If they'd have won that, they'd have ended up in the playoff positions come the final whistle. So I'm really surprised that they didn't try and pat the ground out more, reducing tickets, whether they can still do kids for a quid. You know, the atmosphere. We, we got a lot of stick. That vlog I did saying that, you know, a couple of Cov fans said Watford's definitely the worst atmosphere they've brought to the Rico this season. And I'm thinking, I'm seeing empty seats galore here. Is it um, this vlog? Yeah, that vlog. <laughs> um, my face on this screen once is bad enough. So if you're watching this, I'm sorry that you've got an enlarged <laughs> version right next year. But mm. um, yeah, you know, it, it's it really did surprise me. But credit to Carve, you know, they, they're probably kicking themselves that like they didn't go on and win. But, you know, I think Mark Robbins has done a superb job there. And uh, if if we knew how to give managers what they need, I wouldn't say no to Mark Robbins at Watford. So, yeah, um, really disappointing. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed doing the vlog. I'm a bit gutted I'm not going to any more games this season. Mm. Um, but we'll definitely keep doing them next season. Well, it seems quite popular with the, view, the views we're getting, the likes, um, the comments we're getting, the, the bloody hell, the comments we're getting from Luton fans. Are they <laughs> living in our Voices of Vic um, YouTube page rent-free? I think we might have to start charging for them. Um, the typical yeah, Mind the Gap comment keeps coming up. Um, but, yeah, no, enjoy doing it. It's good fun. And I think we're getting lots of good feedback from people as well. So, yeah, we'll continue doing it. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I've actually got a um, – now I've got a laptop now. Um, I've done a screen split. So I'm playing in the background parts of the match day vlog for people to have a look at. Just push it a little bit more. Um, if you've not liked our YouTube page yet, <clears throat> make sure you like it. Hit that subscribe button as well. And we'll have plenty more content for you guys for the rest of the season. Uh, but, Mike, quickly before we wrap it up, are you, how, how do you feel with the, the, the draw at the weekend? Um, are you disappointed with the manner of the draw? Or are you, you happy that at least we've stopped the losing uh, run? Uh, I'm disappointed with the manner. Uh, you, we obviously, the, the guys that are watching now can't hear what we're saying, but the, I was asking you for your score prediction in the clip that's just come up. And I asked my brother for his score prediction earlier in the vlog. And I said 1-1. You said uh, a draw as well. Yeah. So before the game, I'd have taken a draw because, you know, away game, you, you're sort of happy to take the, the draws no matter how bad a form you might be in. Um, but in the manner of 
how we got the draw, massively disappointed. 2-0 up, we should have seen the job out. We should have got the job done. So, yeah, really disappointed with the manner of the draw. I'm, I'm assuming you're the same. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I, th- I think obviously when you throw a 2-0 lead, it's obviously disappointing and that. But mm. maybe it's with how the goals came. If we came from behind to get 2-2, we'll, we'll be buzzing. We'll be like, wow, I would turn that around. We show spirit, um, hunger to get, get into it. But we absolutely feel more like a loss than anything. Um, because that point's not going to do anything to our tally towards the end of the season is it we're, we, we're we're going to miss out on the playoffs um but it, it, it's just nice to actually go to an away day and celebrate some goals um which you'll see now on the youtube pay me and mike will show a little um celebration um glimpse here um but yeah it, i can't remember the last time i've gone to an away game where i've actually having it and it's like i, I think that there are obviously quite young aren't they so they've not experienced too many lows at Watford but to be celebrating 2-0 at half time like that come on lads everyone thank you for watching tonight um, if, if, if you like <laughs> I'm sure they will be they'll be doing it at Sunderland in a way if they're going to it but yeah if, you, if you've liked the page tonight hit that that like button don't forget to hit that subscribe won't be able to do anything this weekend content wise um because we're both busy um so there'll be no voices this week um but we will try and put something out for the following week whether it's a preview of a up and coming game or if it's just a review of a game um i know we've got Coven- uh, cardiff city at home on wednesday the 19th um so mike might be able to watch that and i'll probably attend it as well so we might be able to do a um a review on that i might also be able to do a match day vlog as well so keep your eyes peeled on that but yeah thank you for watching tonight stay safe and come on you horns sports social podcast network